0: Welcome into Locked On, Phillies. In today's episode, the Phils lose <laughs> an extra inning thriller yesterday to the San Francisco Giants, but still win the series. And I'll tell you why. I don't think that was a bad loss, not at all. Also, who's most to blame for what went wrong that cost them the sweep? And the Phillies got a big break, even though it is unfortunate for baseball as a whole. We'll get into it in today's episode of Locked On, Phillies. You are locked on, Phillies your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is indeed Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host, Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Happy to be here as your host of Locked On Phillies. I'm also a credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member. You can hear me on the radio, see me on the television in the Philadelphia sports market, talking Phillies baseball, among other things. All that good stuff. Appreciate you checking us out. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. All that good stuff you hear me talk about every time. That helps you enjoy Locked On Phillies more, helps me and the folks at Locked On, Uh, and everything like that, so I appreciate everyone who's already done that and everyone who's planning to do that. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Bunches. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description or show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today and chat with your other Locked On Phillies and Phillies in general fans, so go ahead and check that out. I'll tell you more about Bunches coming up. But let's jump into what went on in the final game of the series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Francisco Giants because, man, was it a wild one, especially from the perspective of the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, Alex Cobb was on the mound for the Giants, and he looked really darn good early in this one. His breaking stuff looked awesome, and he was keeping the Phillies at bay early in this one when you look at uh, how the scoring went and everything like that. The Giants once again scored in the first inning. I don't know what's going on right now with the early starts by the Philadelphia Phillies, but they just can't seem to get out of the uh, first inning easily. Uh, Wilmer Flores hit a home run off of Michael Lorenzen in the first inning to make it one to nothing. Then Wilmer Flores in the top of the third had an RBI single, and believe it or not, you hear that from Wilmer Flores, two already, two RBIs uh, in two at-bats. He wasn't the guy that killed the Phillies. Uh, but that'll come up later. So the Phillies are down two nothing already, and then top of the fourth off of Michael Lorenzen again. Uh, Paul Dejong, uh, Dejong, Dejong or Dejong, I, I don't know. He homered to left. Bottom line, that guy killed you. He had a two run homer to make it four to nothing. More from him later. So the Phillies haven't done anything uh, at all until the sixth inning. And then they finally get to Cobb with back-to-back home runs. Kyle Schwarber hits one out to right field, 386 feet. And then Trey Turner, homer to left center, 417. Trey Turner starting to get hot. Kyle Schwarber is starting to hit home runs in bunches. I mean, this team is showing off some power. I love what I'm seeing from the Philadelphia Phillies offense, even though they were quiet earlier in this one. Uh, and then in the top of the seventh, uh, Jeff Hoffman comes in, and he gives up an RBI double, and it's 5-2. to two. And you're like, just when you started to get runs back, you didn't make it through. Now, actually, before we get there, in the bottom of the sixth, there was an opportunity. Bryson Stott was on second base with two outs, and a ground ball got hit to left field. And Bryson Stott hesitated and started to go back to the second base bag, and then went to third and didn't have a chance to score on a play that he might have had a chance to score on, could have made it four to three. And that would have made a big difference in the ball game when you see what's coming up later on. But Uh, here's the deal. I ripped him on social media because it looked like he forgot the number of outs and was like pausing to see if the ball got down. That's not what he was doing at all. Right. Uh, I completely misread the situation as as well. Uh, What he was doing may have been the right thing from his perspective, because the ball was hit to the backhand side of the shortstop. What you don't want to do is take a difficult play to the backhand side of the shortstop and make it easy by getting thrown out at third for the final out. So he was waiting to see if that ball would be gloved by the shortstop, and it was close enough from his perspective. From the TV view, it was through the whole way. But from his view at second base, he might have thought, okay, that's a backhand play. He's not going to have a play at first. Well, first and second with two outs instead of me getting thrown out at third, out, uh, third base to end the inning. So uh, could he have had a better read on it? Yes. Was it probably a tough read from his perspective? Also, yes. Uh, so I apologize for – Calling him out like that. I don't think it was his fault in that case at all. I think it was just a tough read and it happens. He could, he could have made a better one, but that's a tough place to expect him to. Anyway, uh, you give up the run in the seventh inning to the Giants. Uh, Jeff Hoffman does, and it's five to two. And you're like, okay, well, here we go. We got to face Camille Duvall in the bottom of the ninth again. And how many times in a series can an all star closer blow a save and this, that, and the other thing? Well, Bryce Harper gets a chance to come up with runners on first and second. And no outs, mind you, no outs when Bryce Harper does this. And he hits a game-tying three-run home run off the right field foul pole. And everyone went nuts. I mean, the place is insane. The guy's a monster. He homered three times in this series, one and in inside the Parker. Uh, Bryce Harper's starting to get the power back. If he continues to swing like this uh, this year, the Phillies are going to be a monster of a team. He's shown that he's got like the pop back, and if he has that through October, look out for the Philadelphia Phillies. It was a great job by Bryce Harper there. And just absolute heroics by him. He's amazing. I can't tell you a more clutch athlete in the city of Philadelphia right now than Bryce Harper. He's just so darn good. I don't know that I can tell you a more clutch athlete in all of baseball right now than Bryce Harper. But of course, I'm inherently biased by being a huge Phillies fan. Bottom line, you get to extra innings. And Craig Kimbrell comes in with the runner on second. And then Paul DeJong singles the center field. It's a two-RBI single. It makes it seven to five. And then Estrada hits into a double play, but a run scores. It was not your typical double play, I should say. He lines out to Johan Rojas, who lays out for the ball, throws out the runner at first base for a double play to end the inning. But apparently that's not an automatic double play. So here's the reasoning behind the rule. I looked at it as a force play, and I thought, why in the world is that not the run is invalidated? Not that it would matter because the Phillies end up losing 8-6 to six in this game, so it wouldn't have changed the uh, the outcome of the game. But for the sake of the rule, I was like, Wait, shouldn't he be out? Shouldn't the runner from third be out? Because they looked at it as a timing play. Like the runner crossed home before the throw got to first base, so technically he's safe. Here's why. Double plays, you can assume two force outs. A play at first, you can assume one force out. Every player at that point uh, has to advance to the bag in front of them. On the play with Rojas's dive, where you're catching a ball and returning to a base, it's not technically a force play in the same manner because you could have been standing on first base the whole time and you wouldn't have had to move. So it's a retreat to a base, which isn't the same as a force play because he was not forced to try and advance. And in that way, it becomes a timing play, if that makes sense. I know it's all convoluted, but bottom line, not only did they get the call right, I get the reasoning behind the rule. I just didn't know it at the time, and I think a lot of people didn't know it. It's very rare that you see something you're like, wait, I legitimately don't know the ruling on that. Because I've been playing baseball for 20-some years, watching it for nearly 30 years. Like, I just didn't know the rule. Bryce Harper came out after the game, said he didn't know it either, so we're not alone, folks. But... But, yeah, it led to an 8-5 to five lead for the San Francisco Giants. Then Mundo Sosa had a nice double down the left field line that almost had enough to get out. Uh, and JT Remuto scored in the uh, bottom of the 10th, but just no one could come through. And a couple of great plays were made at points in this game with their backs to the wall by the New York Giants, the, New York Giants, the San Francisco Giants, literally with their backs to the wall at some points in the outfield. So you got to tip their cap, your cap to them. I mean, they fought hard in this one, but the Phillies battled back too. I don't think it's a bad loss because even though there are some guys we're going to talk about coming up who had huge opportunities to win this game for the Philadelphia Phillies, struggled mightily, have been struggling mightily, all that good stuff. I mean, you were down three runs going into the ninth inning against an all-star closer who you already came back and walked it off on earlier in the series. I mean, this team just battles. They're a really hard team to put away. They have their flaws, and most teams in baseball do, right? But – You want to be in the corner of a team that is battling tooth and nail to the end and able to come through in those spots. And the Phillies have shown that they've got that. And I think that's the momentum and the faith from October last year, knowing we got in a bunch of tough games late against really good opponents and we came out on top in just about all of them. And that sticks with the team. Knowing you've done that before, it really, it really breeds more confidence, right? And the Phillies are displaying that confidence and the offense is playing well, largely. There are a couple guys we'll talk about who aren't. Uh, but I just I don't have a problem with losing that game with the way they fought and the excitement that went with it. I do have a problem with some individual efforts in that game. And I say efforts, I should say performance, because I believe everyone's trying. But we'll get into that coming up. I just I'm not mad about it. You take two or three from the Giants. You take uh, some standing in the wild card race, and you just feel pretty darn uh, good about the Phillies coming out of that series. Coming up next, we're going to talk about those players who struggled and everything like that. It is an off day for the Phillies tonight, so they'll start with the Cardinals tomorrow. We won't really look at that series until tomorrow, but I will let you know. 7.05 p.m., first pitch, Friday night. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown broadcast of that game between the Phillies and the Cardinals uh, on the XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you can pull – everything up there yes we'll talk next about who's struggling currently for the philadelphia phillies first of all, i want to tell you about our title sponsor bunches now here's what bunches is bunches is a social community where you can talk about sports with fans in real time and a bunch is basically just a group chat for sports fans all right it's super easy so lock on phillies fans You got to check out Bunches. Here's what happens, right? Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. You click the link in the show notes or go to the description and click the link there, and you can join the app, or you can go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. Uh, So I'm telling you. You're going to love the conversations with other Locked On sports fans. There's a Locked On MLB one if you just want to talk baseball. There's a Locked On Phillies one if you want to just specifically talk Phillies. I mean, there's a bunch of great ways to connect with other fans, chat about your favorite teams, talk a little trash, catch up on the latest MLB news, all that good stuff. Maybe you have questions or comments about something dumb I said or you heard something on one of the other Locked On shows. You're like, wait, Locked On Phillies fans, do you agree with this? Stuff like that. You can chat about your team every day. And it's absolutely awesome. So here's the thing, right? When I scroll through other social media apps, what it is is it'll be an ad. And then it'll be some conversation about pop culture and some conversation about politics and something about news. And then I'll see a Phillies tweet and then I'll see another Phillies tweet. And then I'll be two more about the news and one about someone's dog. And it's just like it's a convoluted sense of what's talking about. It's stream of consciousness. This is a much more focused app where you just get what you're looking for. You have discussion about whether it's the Phillies, locked on MLB in general, All that good stuff, okay? So I want you to check it out. Download the Bunches app today. When you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab, so super easy to find. You can also click the link in the description or show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. It's a great way to have conversations about the Phillies, baseball in general, and everything you're focused on. So go ahead and check out Bunches. All right, let's talk about the struggling players in yesterday's game. There's three, really, that I look at uh, as far as in the conversation, and I'll tier them. The first one, the lowest tier, the, as in the one I'm least worried about, is Michael Lorenzen. Another struggling start for Lorenzen. So he had two outstanding starts, one really bad start, and yesterday a uh, below-average start, we'll call it. Uh, that's kind of, I guess, all we have to go on so far because I didn't follow him much when he was in Detroit. I mean, I, I don't really know exactly if he was an up-and-down guy there. I just know what his stats were when he came to the Philadelphia Phillies. I know he started incredibly hot. That makes this seem a little more worrisome than it probably actually is. I still think Lorenzo's a very good pitcher. Do I think he's the best pitcher on this team? Probably not. But maybe he has the highest ceiling? I, I don't know. I've seen that Lorenzo is a good enough pitcher that if it comes to it and he gets the ball in a playoff series, I feel very comfortable with him. But I also don't think, and it's right to not think this, that he's going to go out and throw a no-hitter every time. I just want to see – he's in the want-to-see-more category. We'll see down the stretch, with Ranger Suarez on the injured list currently, how he looks start to start against different opponents, and we'll have plenty of more data before we get to the postseason. But, yeah, Lorenzen has cooled off significantly since his first two starts, and now it's time to evaluate what do you really have there with Michael Lorenzen. So that's something interesting. Just another interesting start for him where he struggled against the Giants offense that isn't all that good. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. The second tier to me is Craig Kimbrell. So Craig Kimbrell comes in in the 10th, and he just cannot handle uh, being in a tie game. Is it the fact that it's a tie game and not a safe situation? Because he's been great in safe situations. I don't know if mentally that weighs on him. I don't know if mentally he even cares. He might tell you, I don't even notice that when I come in. I just get the ball and go out there and go to battle." But either way, he was really rough. And he's had a couple of blow-up performances at points this year. Here's why Craig Kimbrell's in the second tier. He's an all-star closer, guys. He was in the all-star game for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's been very good this year. He's a veteran guy. He's got a track record of years and years and years. He's going to be a Hall of Fame baseball player. Craig Kimbrell is a Hall of Famer. Well, future Hall of Famer. Yes, he had a rough outing. Do I still trust Craig Kimbrell to go out there to get you a save in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I do. Now, does Rob Thompson need to reevaluate how he's using him in non-save situations? Certainly possible. I won't debate strongly against anyone who does feel that way. I think that's a conversation for the folks in that room because I don't know well enough what's going on in Craig Kimbrell's head. But I get your argument if that's what's bothering you. I just think over the course of this season, what Kimbrell's done for this team has proven that he is good enough. And like Lorenzen, we're going to see more the rest of the way and hopefully gets everything worked out and settles in a little bit more before the postseason, but we've seen him on good stretches. My biggest concern coming out of this game is JT Romito. JT has just been in really, really rough shape lately. He looks like he's dealing with some kind of injury. This is not me trying to cut an excuse for JT. I just, like, he's been messing with his leg or his calf or whatever for the past couple games. I mean, he's 0 for 5 in yesterday's game that's just not good whatsoever in the game before that uh just looking at the box score for what he's doing for the philadelphia phillies lately he's one for four i mean so what one for your last nine let's just look at the series in general when we go back to game one the phillies won 10 to four and jay tiramuto was two for four in that game so not bad so he's uh three for what's that eight plus five three for thirteen that's not terrible but the way he's getting out it's just it feels like he's getting opportunities in big spots it, very Trey Turner-esque like I talked about yesterday how if Trey Turner was still in the slump that ball he hit up the middle that tipped off uh, Camilo Duvall's glove would have been caught and turned into a double play because that's just the way it's bouncing for him well JT's struggling right now and big opportunities just seem to find him and he's just not ready for the moment he's not recognizing pitches well he's not having his regular plate discipline. He's not having his regular production. That's an issue. I wonder if he needs a day or two off because he is one of the more utilized catchers in all of baseball. He plays a lot. Garrett Stubbs is not bad. That would be maybe a nice switch up, especially with a, a home series. We've got an off day today. I would give them off in game one of your series against the Cardinals, which again comes your way tomorrow night, 7 5 PM Eastern standard time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game on the serious XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, but you got to do something with JT because he's costing this team big time right now. He cost them in the ninth inning with a chance to scrape across Johan Rojas from third base and didn't get the job done. I just, I need to see more from JT. He's dragging this offense down while they're trying to heat up and, Uh, That's a tough thing. I do believe he can turn it around. No worries about like the long-term stuff, but right now, JT's hurting this team, and you still got to make it in the playoffs before you worry about what to do in the playoffs, right? So that's uh, that's my biggest concern coming out of yesterday's game. Those are my concerns as it stands, but still, like I said uh, initially this episode when we talked about it, I feel good about where the Philadelphia Phillies are coming out of that series. Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about a break the Phillies are getting coming up, and one... That may play into the offseason. Well, it will. Just maybe for the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll discuss as we continue Lock on Phillies. First, I want to tell you about my friend's over sleeper. Okay, so tomorrow night, Bryce Harper's homered three times in the last three games. Do you think he can hit a home run off the Cardinals? Well, I definitely think he can keep it going. And I also told you yesterday, on yesterday's episode, Multi-home run game for the Philadelphia Phillies with a lefty looking good. And Kyle Schwarber, home run, making me look smart. Oh, Bryce Harper, home run, making me look smart. Who would have guessed? Well, I feel good about it. And on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts if you feel like I feel. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, all that good stuff. If yesterday you had said, okay, well, Kyle Schwarber's going to homer and Bryce Harper's going to homer," you could have won money on Sleeper doing that. You get your picks right, and you could win big. Plus, they've now got dynamic payouts, right? So here's what dynamic payouts are. It's basically just a multiplier for the things that are less likely to happen. So if you pick a guy that doesn't homer often and you say, I'm going to go over on his home runs, well, then you take the opportunity and say, Uh, Okay, we'll do that. You might get a multiplier of like two on that or four on that or something. You can earn even more money without having to add more players and make it more difficult for yourself to win. It's such an easy app. It's so intuitive. I mean, if I can get it to work, anyone can get it to work. But you just select your players, the props over under. It's really that easy. You can do it in seconds. And uh, it's a great way to use. It's like my favorite daily fantasy app. For baseball. So go ahead and use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, one more time I want to let you know, Phillies Cardinals tomorrow night 7:05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Citizens Bank Park. You can go ahead and check out every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game. Listen to it, I should say, on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you will pull that all up. I'm not sure if you heard the news, but last night, Shohei Otani, a torn UCL, he stayed in the game after knowing this and played the second game of the doubleheader. But his pitching season is done, and the Angels have decided that they're going to shut him down for a little bit. They haven't said exactly how long, but a little bit even hitting-wise. I don't know if you've looked at the schedule, folks, but the Angels come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. you got like four days until the Angels are here. And while this sucks for the fan base, and their opportunity to see one of the all-time great baseball players play, a living legend right now, it helps the Phillies significantly. In that, one, they don't have to see Otani, most likely, in the series at all, but they definitely don't have to see him on the mound. Yeah, that's advantage, Phillies. The Angels also just put Mike Trout on the injured list. That's huge for them, too. I mean, listen, you're playing a broken-down Angels team. It's getting easier to beat by the day. It's sad to see some of the great players in the game not playing. I'm not rooting for injury at all. I'm just acknowledging that it makes the road easier for the Philadelphia Phillies. It also might make it easier for the Phillies to go after Otani in the offseason because his price might drop significantly. Uh, second Tommy John surgery. Some teams might not want him to ever pitch again. That lowers his value significantly if he becomes just a hitter. Cuts it in half, some might say, which he's still going to be valuable, but it changes the game. That brings a lot of other teams into the mix, and that means well, maybe he's going to get a bunch of the same amount of money from a lot of teams in baseball. But instead, he wants to go to a team that's a contender, and the Phillies are a contender. We'll see how it plays out over the course of the offseason, but all I know is right now you're playing a team in the Angels that just put their two best players on the injured list yesterday before they had – or one of their best players on the injured list and Otani being shut down for a little bit by the team. So we'll see how it plays out. It's advantage Phillies in that upcoming series, so a good thing there. That's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that good stuff. Locked on Phillies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, And I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.